1: william and kate are officially the prince and princess of wales as camilla may be known as just queen not a royal expert tiktok star charlie richardson helps us spill the royal tea including harry adding more to spare and not taking legal action against south park
2: to have it like shoved in your face every day all day with these different things especially when the stories are quite ridiculous Mm -hmm. i think people get sick of it very quickly they just like to see the pretty important stories of the royals doing nice things and then them going back to being low key for a few days until the next one comes out
1: plus royal expert richard Fitzwilliams reveals that harry will get an apology from the royal family before the coronation
2: the ball is in the
3: sussex's court and if they play by the rules they may appear and if they appear they will be uh, the talk will be of the weather and they will be very 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 carefully I have to quote from Shakespeare, cabin, cribbed, confined.
1: We've got that plus so much more in today's Royally Us. Hello, our fellow Royal Lovers, and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina, that's Christine, and we have a fun show for you guys today. I'm excited. Uh, Charlie Richardson from uh, TikTok is going to be here to break some down some stuff for us, so, um, and a lot of fun stories, too. Yeah,
4: I feel like there's lots of fun stories, a little bit of gossip, a little bit really? of history, so we've got lots of diversity. This We got it all in there. Talk. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, before we get into it, like always, we want to see what you guys said about last week's show. Margie says, I believe that the trust between Prince William and Princess Kate with Harry will never be the same again. What Harry did to his family over a woman he married and didn't truly know is a huge mistake Harry will never, will forever regret. Yeah, it seems like even though, like we mentioned it, there's, it's been well over a month since Spare was released, people still have a lot of opinions about this and really do not feel like this was the right move by Prince Harry.
4: No, I think that, yeah, that's going to be, that relationship I think is especially fractured between yeah. um, Prince Harry and Prince William, and especially when you involve their other halves. That's just, <sighs> I don't see that healing anytime soon. No, definitely. And the healing will not um, start, especially if this
1: happens. Uh, Nikki says, I think if Meghan publishes a book it'll be the final nail in their coffin they have to know everyone is sick of their complaining and whining yeah i feel like if uh megan releases a book which i'm sure she probably will um within the le- next few years that, that would definitely um seal their fate i think
4: yeah, and we talk about this a little bit later about how everyone's feeling about the Sussexes. Yeah. When we talk to Charlie, we'll sort of dive into that more. But I think Nikki might be on to something. Definitely. And then finally, Selena says, love that Catherine is recycling her dresses and wears
1: affordable accessories. So South Park on H&M was spot on about the hypocrisy of these two. Yeah, we loved uh, what Kate wore to the BAFTA. She looked absolutely beautiful and love a recycled dress moment. Yes. <laughs>
4: Yes, that was uh, hopefully iconic. I think we'll remember that look for a long time. Definitely. All right. Well, let's get into our royal roundup and kick it off with Prince William and Princess
1: Catherine, because they are now officially the Prince and Princess of Wales. Now that the letters patent passed the Great Seal of the Realm on February 13th, now the full notice from the Crown Office was printed in the Gazette and the announcement read, in accordance with the direction of His Majesty the King, letters patent have passed the Great Seal of the Realm dated the 13th of February, 2023, for creating His Royal Highness Prince William, Arthur. Philip Louis, Duke of Cornwall, Rothsay, and Cambridge. Well, that is quite a name. Earl of Carrick and Strathers, <laughs> Baron and Redview. Bar- I cannot
4: read this whole thing. Just know that they got their titles, people. <laughs> Imagine when he has to, one day he's going to have to write all of that out. Like, at some point, he'll have to write his full name. <laughs> Imagine
1: that. I don't think I've ever, like, read it or, like, seen the full name on paper. Like, that is quite, I don't even think I could remember it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he can remember it. Does he have to have a little like ID card with all of his titles on it when he goes around. It's a Um, big passport name. Um, Well, yes, a lot
1: of people thought as soon as uh, King Charles gave his speech that they would automatically become the Prince and Princess of Wales. But yes, the letters have to go through the realm
4: and we are we are here. They have gotten it. Yep, this is definitely sort of a a formality, if you will. Mm -hmm. We all knew that this was um, we knew that they'd be Prince and Princess of Wales as soon as Queen Elizabeth II died side then the king gave his speech and said that that's what they will become. So all of this is sort of, it's like paperwork, you know, and it takes a while for this paperwork to go through. Even royals are paper pushers sometimes, you know, just filling <laughs> totally. out endless forms. Totally.
1: Well, while they got their new titles, uh, they actually visited the South of Wales ahead of the country's National Day on um, th- this week, which is the Feast Day for St. David. Wales is patron saint. They visited a rehabilitation center where they saw a special initiative that will create an outdoor space for growing vegetables and encourage better mental health for those struggling with drug um, and alcohol addiction. So great to see them stepping out and
4: doing it for a good cause like always, but especially in Wales. Yeah, this is really, they've spent, they've started spending so much more time in Wales as they've become the Prince and Princess of Wales. And this is actually, it's such a special place for them, I think, because they lived in Anglesey, which is in Wales when they first got married, when Prince George was just born. So I think this is a really special place for them that they have a connection to. Mm -hmm. So I loved that all these things coincided. This letters patent was released, and then they have several days in Wales. Um, Today, and we record this on Tuesday. So today Mm -hmm. they started their visit to Wales with um, one of these big initiatives where not only do they visit the places, but they tend to bring money to support the causes. Uh, William and Kate did a Peloton race, or I shouldn't say that, a cycling, an indoor cycling race, where Kate beat William in high heels and a skirt. So it was just a lot of fun to see them um, meeting with people, learning about initiatives and really getting involved in Wales as they now carry that title formally. Yes. I love when competitive cake comes out and
1: (laughs) it's my favorite. And we actually saw that over the weekend as well, because they were at the Wales versus England rugby match. And Um, you know they obviously they support two different teams William has been a patron of the Welsh Rugby Union since 2016 while she supports England as patron of the Rugby Football League and the Rugby Football Union so
4: love a good battle um, battle in the stands and battle on the bikes. (laughs) This was so much fun I think the rugby game was a great uh, example of Kate's sartorial diplomacy where she sort of of has to be diplomatic with her clothing Mm -hmm. because William supports Wales she supports England you know she's also um, patron of just the whole rugby the union yes. as a whole. So it's kind of a tricky place for her. You know, which team colors do you wear? Uh, so she wore red and white, which sort of covered all of her bases and looked absolutely amazing um, cheering on both teams. Definitely. And uh, you'll love the 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 coat, another recycled
1: number. And she looked beautiful, um, even in the cold, cheering on her team. <laughs> and it was very <laughs> cold that night. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, Queen concert Camilla celebrated the two-year anniversary of her book club and during speech, she actually implored her audience to value freedom of expression and seemingly referenced the end of the end of Roald Dahl's The Witches, where the protagonist is transformed into a mouse. She said, please remain true to your calling unimped by those who may wish to curb the freedom of your expression or impose limits on your imagination. Enough said, There, let there be no squeaking like mice about your achievements, but only roaring like a pride of lions. Now, this comes after Dahl's British publisher announced that they would continue selling previous editions of his books alongside newly edited ones. Um, They will sell new editions while the Random House will offer 17 of his books because of a certain language that was used back in the day that people find offensive. Um, so they're kind of re-editing these, these books, but she's imploring people to use their freedom of, of expression.
4: Yeah. This has been such an interesting conversation mm-hmm. over the last few days with these books coming out, you know, edited, obviously this is posthumously, the author has since right. died. So he's not approving these changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Camilla sort of speaking out, encouraging people to, you know, stay true to their writing, stay true to their calling. And, It's so interesting to see Camilla. Royals are traditionally supposed to be apolitical. They're not supposed to engage in any sort of political conversation. And this isn't politics. But if you follow Camilla's work, she tends to be a little bit more edgy than we've seen from other um royals such as this statement sort of you know speaking against changing roald dahl's books to she's done some really incredible things um for survivors of domestic violence for um victims of rape and uh, sexual assault which are sort of issues that maybe once upon a time were too messy for royals camilla's just really doing an incredible job step it pushing those boundaries really stepping putting herself out there um and diving into those subjects that maybe in the past, you know, the members of the Royal family would find too difficult. Definitely. I think she's doing
1: a great job so far and, you know, not afraid <laughs> so to, great, yes. yeah, no, she really, I, I think she's much like King Charles and we've talked about this. I think that she's surprised a lot of people and kind of stepping um, into this role um, and doing a really good job so far. So we'll have to see what happens. Um, well, we haven't seen Meghan Markle for quite some time since pretty much the Netflix documentary, but she appeared in a promo video on Instagram for Clever Blends, which is a coffee brand that she invested in several years ago. It marks the first time, like we said, that she has really appeared on screen since the release of the Netflix documentary, since the release of a spare. And so clever is a, a wellness coffee, which is said to be one of her first investments that she made post Royal life. It's got more than 60,000 followers on Instagram and it um, apparently helps energy stress and sleep. And, um, she was featured in this video that they
4: posted kind of celebrating all of their success. So, um, pretty cool. I think it was really interesting to hear from the founder what kind of impact this can have on a brand. You know, we talk about the Kate effect and the Megan effect and these economic phenomena that the Royals bring with them whenever they support a brand, wear an outfit, those sort of things. But to hear directly from the founder of this company, how Megan's investment has helped them was really interesting and really sort of uplifting to see, you know, how Megan's made a difference in in this company and in, you know, promoting this brand. Oh, almost instantly it was being, you know, featured from like
1: A-list celebrities and things like that. So it really, it does it, you know, having the backing, of a royal member um, or ex-royal member, it really does make a difference. <laughs> all right. Well, now it is time to spill the royalty, and we are so excited to be joined by TikTok star Charlie Richardson, who runs the Not A Royal Expert account. It's so much fun. It gives really great, fun, quick updates all about the royal family. So, Charlie, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: So, when did you become fascinated with the royal family?
2: Well, the real like proper interest started only about three years ago, because obviously when I was younger, I didn't really understand royalty, didn't really know a lot about it. My first sort of experience with like royalty was for Queen Elizabeth II's Diamond Jubilee back in 2012. And then since then, it's just slowly developed as something that I'm interested in. And then really during COVID, when we saw Queen Elizabeth II's speech to the nation, which was quite a rare address for her to give, that was really when it refreshed thought of my mind of how important royalty can be and how interesting it can be. And then everything sort of started from there.
4: All right. That's Even thinking back to that speech, I think, sort of gives you goosebumps. It was so moving during such yeah. a time for a lot of people. Was that when you decided to do the news, you know, the TikTok news updates on the Royal family? Was it, you know, a lot of No, that's (laughs) um,
2: sort of a mix of it after that speech and after, you know, me sort of re-realizing how important royalty can be and everything and how interesting it can be. It was sort of a more gradual progression after that, that I started to get more and more interested and really get into it more after that. And it was about a year, Well, not really a year after the speech. It was in the following January of the next year afterwards that I actually started my account and started posting.
1: I love that. What stories do you feel like resonates and connects with your audience the most?
2: Uh, My audience definitely like sort of how monarchy actually works, sort of the rules about it and the more constitutional stuff. Like I recently just did a video talking about Prince William officially becoming Prince of Wales and how that works with the titles. Talking about the Earl and Countess of Wessex with the Duke and Duchess of Edinburgh title and things like that, line of succession, why Princess Anne is so far back, um, and the change in that act of the line of succession when William and Catherine had their children—all things like that—that that a lot of people find interesting. That my audience resonate with the most. I
4: love that. That's. And what topics go viral on TikTok? Because it's not always the most pleasant, heartwarming stories, is it?
2: (laughs) No, I think definitely the ones that incite strong opinion. Anything that gets people commenting, which is normally the not very positive stuff. Anything that gets people angry (laughs) (laughs) tends to be what goes viral, which is how the internet works really. Anything that gets people mad tends to be the loudest and the most seen. Um, but also anything fun and lighthearted. I mean, any video of Queen Elizabeth II giving any sort of speech it, people just grapple to it and love it. So still now it, that those are the sort of things that really get people's attention.
1: Definitely. Have you had any brushes with the Royal family at all?
2: Um, recently, um, the King and the Queen went to York and I managed to get there, um, to see them. So I, I got close and I managed to see them getting out of their car. The car pulled up right in front of me, so when I was able to get to York to see them going to York Minster, that's the closest that I've been to any royalty.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. Well, we are excited to get your take on some of these royal stories, which I know that you have also covered on your TikTok, so let's get right into it, because this is a big story this week, because Camilla will be known as Queen rather than Queen Consort. Now, this is according to the Mail on Sunday. Last week, Camilla updated her name of her charity, the Duchess of Cornwall's Reading Room, to the Queen's Reading Room, and a well-placed source told the mail that there's a view in the palace that the queen consort is cumbersome and it might be simpler for Camilla to be known just as the queen when the time is right. The reading room was a sign of that. Her Majesty is the queen after all. Prince Philip was, of course, prince consort officially, but he wasn't known as prince consort. So what do we think about all of this? Is this um is, does this feel right? Does it feel like she should be just titled queen and not queen consort? Charlie, what do you think about this?
2: Um, I think it's right. Yes. Um, I'm (laughs) team Queen Camilla, I guess. Um, (laughs) I've been calling her the queen as soon as the king ascended the throne Mm -hmm. um, because that's simply how it's been historically done. Consorts to the king are simply called the queen. And so Camilla is just Queen Camilla. And I think it's definitely annoying and tiring to have to always say the queen consort, consort after everything. It's a mouthful. So it's definitely easier And I think how it should be to just call Camilla the queen.
4: Mm -hmm. I I totally agree. There's been some conversation where, you know, this is sort of temporary until the coronation to differentiate from the late queen, Queen Elizabeth II, and our new queen, Queen Camilla, the queen consort. But again, like we're sort of... fumbling over these lengthy titles because Charlie is completely correct. Historically, the consort is just called Queen Camilla or, you know, we think back to the Queen Mother. She was just Queen Elizabeth at the time. Um, So I agree. This is definitely a temporary change. And anybody who sort of looked at this historically should be able to see that this is a temporary change. Definitely. All right. Well, month, even
1: almost two months later, we're still talking about Prince Harry's book, Spare, and there's still some ramifications, repercussions coming out of it, and people are still responding, including Courtney Cox, because uh, she was dragged into this unexpectedly. So, she told Variety that Prince Harry actually did stay at her house for a couple of days, probably two or three, that he's a really nice person. She said she hasn't read the book. Um, she says, I do want to hear it because I've heard it's really entertaining, but yes, it's gotten back to me about it. So, this is, of course, Prince Harry said in his book that he was at a house party at Courtney Cox's house. And when he opened the fridge, there was a huge box of black diamond mushroom chocolates that were up for grabs. He said that he and his mate grabbed several, gobbled them, washed them down with some tequila. And, um, he, you know, had a good time, I guess, but this is, uh, interesting that so many people are still talking about this and that Courtney was kind of dragged into this, um, Against her will, I guess.
4: <laughs> or Courtney Cox is like, they weren't mine. Okay. Right. <laughs> She's like, they were not my mushrooms. <laughs> so funny. I
1: mean, Charlie, are you,
4: su- I mean, I, I guess we're not
1: surprised that we're still talking about this book, book months later.
2: No, I mean, the amount of things that are coming out of it and the amount of things that are just so like wild that you would never expect a prince to be talking about. It's definitely not surprising that people are still talking about all of these sorts of things months later
1: despite rumor, I mean, we're going to still talk about Prince Harry. So despite rumors, he and Meghan Markle are not going to be taking legal action against South Park for their recent episode. Uh, the uh, representative for the Duke and Duchess of Sussex told us weekly, it's all frankly nonsense, totally baseless, boring reports. So this was, of course, last week um, Comedy Central did a South Park episode titled Worldwide Privacy Tour, and it focused on some fictional characters, the Prince of Canada and his wife, as they moved up to, moved to a made-up Colorado town. Um, They went on this, you know, privacy tour and things like that. So it was definitely a poking fun at the the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. But do you feel like they should have taken some legal action in this?
2: I don't think so. I think when you open yourself up to things like this, when you share these sorts of personal stories, Mm -hmm. and you're opening yourself up in this way to the public and sharing these sorts of things, it's a parody at the end of the day. And when you put yourself out there like this, when you're already a big public figure, you should be prepared for all sorts of reactions whether they're positive or negative or parodies and this was just a silly parody i think they just need to brush it off
1: yeah do we feel like people are kind of over it when it comes to harry and megan at least with this narrative i guess
2: yeah i think when people think of royalty these are not the stories that they want to be hearing about and especially when it's so frequent i think with royal stories to have it like shoved in your face every day, all day with these different things, especially when the stories are quite ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I think people get sick of it very quickly. They just like to see the pretty important stories of the Royals doing nice things and then them going back to being low key for a few days until the next one comes out.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Charlie's right that we're seeing an interesting shift where Harry and Meghan are almost separate from royal news, you know, although they are, you know, tangentially connected to the royal family still, and a lot of their stories are royal related, people are starting to view them as almost like a separate celebrity entity. And Charlie, I'm sure you're seeing some of that and how you interact with, you know, on social media. I think that's a great way to sort of check the pulse on what people are thinking.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, even like some of the language that people use when they're talking about them, I think when people talk about Royals, they tend to be a lot more reserved and maybe a bit more formal, maybe not as forward when they're expressing some of their opinions about the Royals. but then with Harry and Meghan, I think they've differentiated themselves so much, whether that's a good or bad thing, probably not as good um, <laughs> as differentiation can be. Um, I think people have definitely got a different attitude towards them now.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I feel like even even in when we write this show, I feel like sometimes it's like, do we even want to include a Harry and Meghan story anymore? Because I feel like even after this book, it seems like there, you know, a line was drawn in the sand, and they really do not want to be even associated with the royal family anymore. It just doesn't feel right. Which is interesting, since you know, sources uh, told Page Six that people that Harry may actually write an additional chapter to his spare book when it comes out on paperback, saying that readers are eager to know. Um, their feelings about the royal backlash that they have suffered after airing their Netflix documentary and the publication of Spare. It just seems like in ways that they're kind of just grasping at straws. And this is kind of the only way that they can really stay relevant, which is sad because they have, we've spoken about all the great work that they have done in the past. And that's what we really should be focusing on, or at least they should be focusing on.
2: Yeah. I think it's definitely difficult when you talk about royals as well, because it's like, it's kind of a blurred line. Like where do you draw it between are they, no royal in this way to talk about them amongst the other royals or is it now not they're just celebrities but they're still using their titles despite wanting to differentiate themselves from the institution it's quite a messy difficult situation
4: yeah i think it's it's one of those things that only time will tell how this plays out and i'm sure like you're finding when you read the comments and you see what people are you know what their feedback is you we can all sort of get a pulse on how everyone's feeling about this. And I actually think this South Park episode kind of shows us how People who don't really care about royals feel about them in a way. Cause the, the demographic for South Park is not the same demographic watching our show or following Charlie <laughs> on TikTok, you know? So to see that I think really tells us um how nor- how everyone else is feeling about them. And again, it's just oversaturation.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Given yeah, that definitely. given that uh take, will you be tuning in to his upcoming uh spare in-person event? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I won't <laughs> be <laughs> especially when it's paid for.
1: Right. Yeah. That's expensive too. I've heard yeah. a lot of you guys say Yeah. <laughs> Yes, no, it is very expensive. All right. Well, Charlie, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your insight Um, and everybody make sure to check Charlie out on TikTok, Not a Royal Expert. It's been a great catching up with you. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you for having me. Well,
1: cool. all right. Well, now it is time to break down the royal rules and this week we are joined by royal commentator Richard Fitzwilliams who is breaking down whether or not Harry will get that in-person apology that he wants before the coronation. Take a look. You know, a million dollar question. I know we don't know the answer to this one, but do you feel like Harry and Meghan will be invite, invited and attend the coronation?
3: I feel that they'll definitely be invited. But I think that the dynamic is changing. I think we've got to remember that you look at the last polls. I've just written them out uh, in the United States. What we've. What we've got, essentially, is a change, uh, is a seismic change. In December, Meghan was plus 23 and Harry was plus 38. And then Harry is now minus 10 and Meghan is minus 37. Uh, And that was, I think, up or down, should I say, from minus 7 and minus 17. So it's if that is uh, indicative of the way people are thinking of them in the United States, uh, I think they have a lot to be worried about. Now, Harry was saying that the ball is in the court of the royal family. They want an apparel. Op- I apologize to my wife, he said. I quote the Sunday telly, the Daily Telegraph. Well, they, you know, that they deliberately, with the aid of the press, drove him and megan out essentially that's what they're saying and they want an apology and they want a discussion uh dynamics are changing the royals have put up with a tremendous amount of problems uh so far as they're concerned uh i mean they've since the beginning of december to the publication of spare all those interviews another interview on the coming up um you know it's been a, it's been a damaging and difficult time for them the dynamic has changed in america they people don't like the royal you know trashing your family is not a good idea and this is what you know to a large extent is coming out now Mm -hmm. uh, in these polls so it's not the ball is in the sussexes court and if they play by the rules they may appear and if they appear they will be uh, the talk will be of the weather and they will be very 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 carefully I have to quote from Shakespeare, "Cabin cribbed, confined." They will know exactly what they're doing. They will take part in a certain amount. They will not be on the balcony, uh, and all of that will be arranged, no doubt. But the idea that they can control the agenda—tell that to South Park, right. Yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, it does. I mean, it
1: was rumored that Harry, like you said, wants this apology, wants this summit before he attends. But now, like you said, dynamics are changing and it seems like the ball is more and uh, it's up to Harry and Meghan pretty much, I, I would imagine, to reach out. Do you think that this summit will happen? Do you think that they're going to get an apology no. or a sit down? No. No,
3: no it's definitely not no the, the reason they should. And I mean, it's I think it's absolutely clear that uh, that, that is not uh, an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel it like. I don't think it's an option. whether they still think it's an option is another matter. But those polls are different.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, do you feel like the longer there is no communication, the less likely it is that they will mend this rift? Right.
3: I don't think the rift is going to be mended foreseeably. That's all I can say about it. I mean, it's it's very deep and we know why and we know the background. So I don't see it. Mm hmm.
1: How do you think William will feel if Harry and Meghan attend the coronation? Because, yes, uh, Harry does go after his father in the book, but not as much as William. And I think a lot of people are probably taken back by that. So do you think that, you know, William has stronger feelings um, for Harry maybe not attending the coronation?
3: Well, those are rumors that he has i mean there's no doubt he feels very strongly uh, charles is a symbol of national unity of course is the monarch and the invitation comes from him uh so far as william's concerned i mean it's a terribly deep proof and i don't see it being mended and i think also remember harry threatened another book you know 800 pages that's almost it's a threat So you can't ignore things like that. It's awful.
1: You know, you always said that this was probably the worst thing that Harry could have done was writing this book. Do you see
3: that? had the idea that the Duke of Windsor took 15 years before he wrote it and there was nothing like a sensational. This is purely making money out of family trauma and no one had any idea as far well as i can see publicly anyway that he and he felt so jealous and that he resented his brother and it's a deeply sad story with tragic aspects to it but also uh, comic aspects the idea that you know the penile frost bites in such detail they Talking to dustbin leggings with the drugs business, they, 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 they're losing his virginity. All of that, you know. It's it started to look very, very tawdry.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that apology is going to be happening, but <laughs> we'll have to see. Yeah. I couldn't hold my breath. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, speaking of the coronation, let's get into our pine sized palace, and it is being rumored that Prince George will take on a bigger role at the coronation. There, uh, the Times reports that Charles and Queen Camilla are both keen that George, as the future king, be given a prominent role, which I'm really hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um, royal historian Hugo Vickers told the Times, bringing George in also sends all the right symbolism for the future and gives him something he will always remember. It is certainly different. This coronation is getting more interesting by the minute. Definitely have to agree with that one. And I feel like he's at the age where he probably could take on a little bit of a bigger role and maybe not feel too overwhelmed
4: by it. And, you know, it's, he's, I mean, realizing the future, I guess. I know it's, it's crazy to think, but by the time the coronation comes around, he'll be nearly 10 and he's really, you know, he is sort of the oldest heir to an heir that we've had in a really long time. And, you know, it's been a long time since we've even had an heir to an heir, right. you know, in, yeah. in this situation. And he's definitely the oldest one um, in terms of the line of succession. So I would love to see him have some sort of part in this because this is his future. You know, he is taking on a new role as well as part of this coordination. Mm-hmm. And I think that it would really bring sort of a youthful joyfulness to a very traditional ceremony.
1: Can't wait to see it. We're just, a, you know, almost a couple months away. It's oh crazy. God, I can't believe it. he's going to be here before we know it. All right. Well, that's- that is it for this week's episode of Royally Us. A fun episode. Hope you all enjoyed it. Please keep commenting, keep subscribing, and we'll see you guys next week.